All right, friends, welcome back to the Oikon podcast without a name. I'm Pastor Mike and I'm with Demetrius. How y'all doing? What's up, Demetrius? It's good to be back. How's your week been, be man? Back. How's your week been? Uh, it's, it's been all right, man. It's been all right. Just just working. Um, yeah, just just working, working and, and taking it day by day. And um, yeah, man, just trying to, you know, stay present and uh yeah yeah just taking day by day it's been it's been a good week thus far so yeah can you hear my dog barking and um some someone's doing yard work right next to my house um can you can you hear all of that or is that yeah yeah i, I can hear your dog barking but hey that, that just means you gotta um Put those editing skills to practice. Uh, no, man, this is real life, dude. Skills. This is real life. This podcast is about real life, man. We're not, we're not trying nah, to edit yeah. more than we need to. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe right. just the heretical elements of the podcast will get edited. <laughs> out. But we'll keep the dogs barking. That's that's a part of that's a part. That's gonna be it. half the episode. You you <laughs> gonna have to edit out half the episode. That's half the episode. <laughs> Uh, that's why I got you on here, man. So you can keep me in line. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sh- All right. So. Shoot. <laughs> I wish. Uh, well, uh, so last Sunday was second week of Advent. And during the Advent season at Oikon, we're talking about how noise and hurry are the enemies of love, joy, hope, and peace being a reality in our hearts those themes aren't just good concepts to ponder uh, in the month of December, uh, four weeks leading up to Christmas. Those are the marks of a soul that has lived in constant communion with God. And uh, week one, we uh, I had a really good time chatting with you, Demetrius, about uh, the the pace of life. Yeah, you talked about your time in Germany. I talked about my time in North Carolina. And how, uh, you know, we're, we have this certain way of living that's imposed upon us. And uh, we want to come against that and resist that uh, during the yeah. season of Advent so that we can give our souls the time that it takes for it to be uh, nourished. Um, the, give it the attention that it uh, needs. And the passage that we reflected on in week one was, even the youths will grow weary and get tired, but those who wait on the Lord, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And then this past week, uh, we looked at uh, this Greek word, eremos, and how it's the (laughs) Holy Spirit that leads Jesus after his baptism into the eremos, which often gets translated as wilderness or desert, but uh, is actually uh, less about a, a climate uh, and has more to do with solitude, right? Eremos is also uh, translated as a solitary place uh, throughout the Gospels. Like in Mark 1, when Jesus, after a day full of ministry, uh, gets up early in the morning uh, and withdraws to the Eremos, to the solitary place, so that he can be in prayer. And uh, we're, 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 this past week we talked about how this it's the Spirit of God that leads us to these places where we can be alone with God. No, but did you have any other thoughts or reflections on the passage or the sermon as a whole? Yeah, yeah. So I thought um I, I love how you said that uh talk you brought up the fact that that the demonic that the enemy knows scripture mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And that what really makes the difference is not mm. 
you know, scriptural or theological knowledge, mm-hmm. but really trying to live a life in communion with God. And I, yes. and I, and I, I, I love that, you know, really going from, um, from just theology or theorizing to practice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's just something that we have to be intentional about doing, but I love that. And I love, um, you know, you talking about your experiences being a pastor out in California. I always find that I always find the the Californian ministry scene to be fascinating because it's just a it's just a it's just a a a, a, a hive of just you know some of the wildest um, stuff when it comes to, to to Christianity. I mean, the South. Mm. I mean, we we you know we mm. we're <laughs> quite unique down here as well. Yeah, but um, just about how. You you see all these these pastors, be they of whatever size ministry, mega churches, whatever they may be, who just burn out. Mm. Um, who who are success? You know, it's funny. They're successful. They're mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, ministry is flourishing and growing, but their their inner lives is full of turmoil yeah. and pain and suffering and struggling because, as you say, they don't take that time to. Be, uh, be be in communion with 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 God and um yeah yeah that that to me was really mm. was really fascinating because I mean we've seen so many controversies controversies right you know with pastors and stuff like that over the years right. um and and then recently you know people cheating on their spouses engaging in all mm. all sorts of t- terrible behaviors <laughs> i mean in, insane stuff and yeah and and i think that really connects to what you were talking about with yes. with not giving into temptation now now what we were talking about is more like the explicit stuff like uh-huh. what you were saying like substance use and in 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 sexual promiscuity you know predation and all uh-huh. this stuff, promiscuity yeah and but at the same time, I think that that's also a really good example of some of the things that you were that you were talking about is like mm-hmm. giving into these negative thought patterns, yes. because that's that's I mean that's kind of where it starts, right? Is you have all of these dark or negative. Well, your soul is hungry. Beliefs. Your soul is starved. Yeah, because yeah. It, it, it's it's constantly working, or you know your body and your mind is at work but your soul yeah. is not being nourished. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what we're, we're getting at is like uh, the reason why Jesus was able to overcome the temptation of the evil one is precisely because he was in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights where nice. he was in yeah. the place of solitude. Like, like uh, I think that's, that's the exegetical move we were trying to highlight is it's not that Jesus was in a place of weakness in the desert. It's that, the desert was the place of strength. It was the place where he was alone with God and therefore his soul was able to be strengthened to overcome temptation and then be nourished for the ministry and the crucifixion that lied uh, before him. Uh, wow. So, yeah, but let's, I, 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 let's, let's talk about um, burnout and let's talk mm-hmm. about also the intellectual... Uh, cognitive uh, theology as being yeah. insufficient. Um, yeah. 
I, I think what highlighted that for me was the story was was a story the one that I'll never forget is of the theologian. He's a he was a Mennonite theologian by the name of John Howard Yoder. Yep. Um, and he wrote well known book the politics of of Jesus, which yep. is you know he's he was an you know anti Baptist Mennonite and he was you know in this sort of radical tradition mm-hmm. of of Christianity and you know incredible theologian, brilliant guy, you know, I, mm-hmm. I know that he had a relationship with, I know someone that you were really into is, um, what's his Howard name? Howard was. Uh, Howard Stanley yeah. Howard was, yep. you know, but he was in his own community and, you know, Mennonite communities, they're small, you know, small communities in his own communities. He engaged in predatory sexual behaviors against younger mm. Yeah. Uh, women in his community. So that, so, and, and, and that really showed me like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's terrible stuff, but that really showed me. And then there's, there's the, the, um, uh, SBC scandal, uh, uh-huh, all of uh-huh. that, yeah, that insanity. Yeah. Um, and that really showed me that, you know, you can proclaim to be a mm-hmm. man or a woman or a person of God and, and, mm-hmm. and, Know all this to commit, have all these scriptures committed to memory and, mm-hmm. and, and, and read all these books and all this stuff. But it's just like, man, if you're not, if you're not really allowing the spirit to yeah. wash over you and search you mm-hmm. and allowing God to check you and correct mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and in really doing work on those, do, doing, yeah. do, what, what do they call it? Shadow work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Doing that, doing it, dealing with the dark corners of your heart. This stuff can really build up. You know what I yeah. mean? And yeah, um, and not getting the help. You know, not getting the help. Not being open and honest about what what you're struggling with. Um, yes, yeah. You yeah. know what's so interesting is that often it is when uh, the, the it's when everything falls apart that we finally go to the place of solitude with God, right? It's usually yeah. when we're embarrassed, when we've gone through tragedy and trauma, when people have betrayed us, when we feel let down, then we turn to God. It's never, yeah. I mean, not never, but it's, it's rarely when we're successful, when we're influential, when things are going our way, yeah. that we go to the place of solitude, right? And so yeah. in some yeah. ways, it's like it's detrimental to the soul to constantly have success after success after success. I think I heard one pastor yes. say that um, after watching the the O.J. Simpson uh, documentaries that all dropped uh, like two summers ago or whatever, he, he, he said like, like uh, somebody that athletic, that handsome, that successful, it's like it's impossible for them to engage in the reflective work. And it's, it's wow. almost impossible for wow. them to really like examine the shadow side like you're talking about because uh, moment after moment, they have succeeded, right? Like you, you're like the the, the, yeah. the national champion at a high school level, collegiate level, professional level. Yeah. You know, you've never had to uh, undergo failure. You've never had to examine yeah. the soul. I think that's why the great um, you know spiritual thinkers all point to... Uh, uh, tragedy as a necessary portal into spiritual growth and maturity uh, yes. because we, we we come to terms with our humanity and it's often 
uh, in the place of pain that uh, we get alone with God. And so I, th- I think there's a, like an awkward correlation. I was just, um, I, w- I forget who I was talking to today earlier. I, I talked to a lot of people. I'm a pastor. And um, <laughs> we were joking about how like, um, um, you know, the best thing that could happen to a pastor is to preach a bad sermon. You know, and and, yeah. and because because it humbles you, right? And and, and yeah, you yeah. you have to remember that you're called to this, and and it, it's it's God that moves in people's lives, and 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 not your own gifting. So you don't rest on your own gifting. And uh, yeah. one of the worst things that can happen is you're successful as a preacher because then you uh, have this temptation to think that you accomplish something on your own, uh, in your own strength. Uh, but I, I think this applies outside of ministry. It's just across humanity, right? Like, like if you're constantly successful in the marketplace, you're constantly successful in your social life, you're constantly successful in, in all these arenas of, of life, yeah. then you have no need to like really examine your soul. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And in the air, you know, in, in even in the political space, there are some examples of that with particular mm. figures um, where you will have people you you will have people who are influential because they've gained success in one particular field that they have expertise in. Mm-hmm. And then they will begin to make all sorts of, in that arrogance, in that hubris, mm. they will begin to make all sorts of pronouncements and claims mm-hmm. about other things that are outside of their field of expertise. You see mm-hmm. this happen all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, where, and, and I don't, I, and I don't want to make this a political thing at all, but I, I, I think this needs to be illustrated. So, for example, you, you'll have people, so, for example, like here, you know, the governor of Texas, he had um, like, a, uh, uh, like, a, like, a, like a team, like a team that, that, uh, that he compiled together um, to figure out and think about like how we should deal with, with coronavirus in Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the people, none of the people on the team are physicians or doctors. Mm. And, one of the people on the team is Tom Ferletta. He's the owner, I think he's the owner of the Houston Rockets or something like that. But that's just an example of it, mm-hmm. of where, mm-hmm. you know, because someone has had, and, and these people are millionaires, billionaires, you know, they're great. They're phenomenal businessmen. They're, they, they're, they know how to, you know, make their dollar, make their money, make money and such. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't it make more sense to have, like doctors and <laughs> public yeah. public health, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 experts to be a part right. of your your team, so as to figure out like what we can do. Uh, you know what I mean? So so that's just that's ju- just an example of of the yeah, sort yeah, of it, it, it reminds me of a Dave Chappelle you know, um, stand up moment where he's he's talking about like I forget what national event was might have been nine eleven where he's like mocking the media for for like 
in the face of a national tragedy interviewing Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> nobody cares what Ja Rule has to say ja Rule about thinks. this. It's real life right now. It's real you life. You know what right I mean? Now. Yeah. But, Ab- absolutely. But I, I, you know, and so but, yeah. but but it's like yeah, it's like we associate success in certain arenas, be it intellectual yes. or be it in uh popular hip hop culture. Uh we associate success this is crazy. We associate visible uh marketplace success with yes. spiritual wholeness. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Yes. We we Absolutely. associate like yeah. like like uh you know, like worship leaders today, you're they're like teenagers that wear tight jeans and got a good voice. And therefore, yeah. they must be spiritually mature enough to lead us into the presence of God. It's like wh- where where does where do we um what are the conditions that we are looking for to determine spiritual wholeness and health and spiritual leadership? Yeah. And a, a book that I would. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know if you were. No, no, no. I, I was just reiterating. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's the place of solitude and often through the in the spaces of failure um, and embarrassment and pain where we're drawn closer to God. And those are yes. often it's often people who've gone through uh, those moments and times who have something to offer us. Um, yeah 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 go ahead yeah 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 i heard a minister uh once say uh you know those who suffer are closer are the closest to the heart heart of god Mm. and uh i believe that uh, because suffering brings a lot of a lot of revelation a lot of clarity um Mm. on on many things and there's a there's a book from one of my favorite uh, ministers and theologians, Sky Jatani is called With, and it's basically his sort of a uh, view that that you know life is meant to be lived with God, mm-hmm. and he has various. Um, he talks about various postures that we take in our relationship to God. So there's you know, communion with God, which is relationship with God, and then he has you know life over God, where people try to, you know. Um, he his life over God, life under God, life, uh, yeah, stuff like that. And so life over God is essentially where he talks about how um, people try to use methods, techniques, and principles, quote unquote, spiritual principles that they derive from the scriptures hmm. to try to goad God to, to make them do what they want them to do. Mm. you know so what you'll you there's tons of he he tells a story about this one uh, uh pastor from another country who comes to america and he observes the ministry and he sees how big the churches are and how many people are engaging and how many people are there and he says they asked him what he thought and he's and he stopped and he said it is amazing what the american church can accomplish without the holy spirit yeah man that quote kills me every time that every time every time and and he tells that he talks about that story too and 
it, it, that's something that he talks about with life over God is we, we in, in books, in podcasts, in ministries everywhere, we distill these principles out of scripture. We distill, wow. we distill these success, yeah. success, strategies, generating tools and strategies mm-hmm. out of scripture. Mm. But in reality, that can be a form of disobedience. So he relates wow. it to a part, a part in scripture with, with, um, not Abraham Moses, where he's guiding the people, Mm-hmm. the people through through the desert mm-hmm. and you know god told him times before in the past you know he has the staff or whatnot and then god's spirit is with him so he can do all this stuff all these make all these supernatural things occur and god tells him you know the people are thirsty they're freaking out and god mm-hmm. and he goes to god he's like god you know my people are thirsty like what can we do he's like okay what i want you to do is um and I could be I could be saying it incorrectly. He says, "I want you to go to this rock, mm-hmm. and I want you to I think it was touch the rock or do something do something different. It was something different than what Not, he'd done before because before mm-hmm. he could just use his staff to touch stuff mm-hmm. and do stuff and things would happen. God would make things happen. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, I want you to to touch this touch this rock or something like that, and water mm-hmm. will flow out of the rock. That way yeah. you'll be able to. But the homie. That strikes it right instead of yeah instead of instead of being obedient and listening to god and trusting to god mm-hmm. he strikes the rock but the thing is, is that he's doing what he's done before in the past wow. right 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 so he's relying on the technique of striking the rock. he's relying yeah. on the technique of the staff of the mm-hmm. staff rather than trusting god who gives the power to the staff wow yeah, that's powerful, man. That is powerful. You know, so that that speaks to, I think, what you were talking about with mm-hmm. those ministers, those California ministers is like, y'all are, yeah, the techniques, the principles, <laughs> By the way, the shout out to all the California working. ministers listening into this. Just kidding. Ain't, ain't nobody listening <laughs> but you and me, but. <laughs> no, no, uh, no. I, I, I think, gosh, that is such an important um important important concept for us to grasp you know we think that god wants us to be uber productive and you know you like god sees us from a utilitarian light like god needs us to accomplish a bunch of tasks when really god's god's uh primary attribute is love and the primary metaphor uh for god that jesus uses is that of a father and right uh, and that's a totally different relationship than the slave master employer employee relationship yes. that uh, that we would have in which we're uh, wanted to be productive. Uh, but let's let's make the shift now. I think you and I were really good at deconstructing and just you know saying like this is what's wrong <laughs> about the way we yeah. think. This is problematic. But now let's okay. Let's say someone's listening in and saying, okay, I got you guys. Success and faithfulness are different. I do want to be faithful. Okay, I got you. Like being, uh, uh, having a great ministry is not the same as being close to the heart of God or, or knowing all this biblical knowledge is not the same as being in communion with God. All right, I got you. You broke it down. So now tell me, how do I cultivate a rhythm of solitude with God? How do I... Uh, invest in my friendship with uh, the heavenly father how do i like jesus uh, create boundaries 
with um, with my work because I'm listening to the Father. Uh, what does that look like? It looks like doing and, the very. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. You know, it, it it looks like doing the very unglamorous, mm. boring, mm-hmm. not dramatic, mm-hmm. intentional daily work of engaging in spiritual disciplines. Yes. That's yeah. what it looks like. It looks like waking up at 5 a.m. when you don't want to. Why you, you got to do that to me, Demetrius? Why you always got to tell me to wake up at 5 a.m., bro? When you cuz cuz people's lives are filled with all sorts of That's stuff, the only time, you know? huh? That's the only quiet hour of the day. 5 a.m. Ain't nobody up. <laughs> Ain't nobody up. Unless you're doing like, you know, overnight shifts, but yeah, is is or, or whenever you find time, but it's 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 getting up, yes, and it's engaging in some sort of spiritual discipline, be it prayer. It mm-hmm. and, and, and something I had to learn, it doesn't matter how long you do it, as long as you do it, mm-hmm. you know, there's mm-hmm. no there's no parameter. Mm-hmm measurement of like how much Jesus time do I need to become holy? Like, that's not a thing. You just need to do it. Mm. It's still no matter, no matter, no matter what it is you're doing, it's still forming you in a particular way. You're still communing with God. I mean, that's the point. Um, You know, and, and even the way in which you're doing the practices doesn't, even matter the technique doesn't matter i heard someone once say that the that the the is that the practices themselves are are empty but it's that the practices open you up mm, wow to the presence of god yeah that, that's that's the point of it so it doesn't matter i mean you, you know your room can be junky and filthy and you know whatever and you can just sit down and take time to do 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 you know silence and solitude or mindfulness mm-hmm. or, or or prayer mm-hmm. or you know lectio divina reading mm-hmm. scripture and and then you know letting whatever comes over you from that and responding to God in prayer and that reading praying a psalm like like yeah. that's what it looks like yeah and and a lot of people I don't know I think I think again we're trying to reconstruct rather than deconstruct but I think that the church the church does need to start <laughs> emphasizing that more that yo yeah. like this life is mad boring <laughs> it's hella boring yes I love that you know but I the mega that. church models and all these other ways of doing church makes makes ah like every moment yeah. with Jesus is going to be rah rah man that's yeah. not true man it yeah. it's going to be boring a lot of it is going to be boring it's going to be extraordinarily painful you're going yes. to have to confront things about yourself you're going to have to learn how to read a book <laughs> yes learn how to read you know what i'm saying like like you're yeah. going to have to you're going to have to confront things in yourself confront things in others confront things in the world yes. confront things about god that you may have been trying to run away from that is the path to spiritual maturity not freaking mm. you know listening to hillsong 24 7 that's fine hey shout out to hillsong you man. know shout out to hillsong <laughs> young and free pray, pray, but i'm just saying it's up, not it's not, gonna, it's not gonna it's <laughs> not i'm just saying it's not going to be glamorous that, it's just so not going to be glamorous man. that's so good because yeah the the common story of like adolescent zeal is you go to a Hillsong conference. 
I mean, I don't mean to name drop Hillsong so many times on this podcast, but you know right. what I mean? You go to some some big rah-rah conference where you get filled with inspiration and you're like, yes. all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live this life. I want to keep this feeling forever. And then you go back to your home, which is full of brokenness. And you go back yeah. to the temptations and vices that you struggle with. And you, uh, uh, or you come back and then you open up the Bible and it just doesn't feel the way that it felt when you were in right. that hyper sensationalized environment. And so I love what you're saying. It's almost like, it's almost like blue collar work. You gotta, you yeah. gotta, you gotta, you know, um, you, you gotta do the work. You gotta show up and do the work. Um, and I, I, I like that language of boring and labor because it mm -hmm. is no different in cultivating a marriage and cultivating yes. a deep friendship I'm going to tell you what, man, like marriage is not rah-rah all the time, bro. And you yeah. know, having, a, having a great family, it's not just, it's not just excitement over excitement all day long. It's a lot of, um, to, to cultivate a relationship that is healthy and, uh, and, and safe for the long run, a relationship where you're not driven by your ego, but there's mutual trust, a healthy vibrant relationship requires many long hours spent being attentive to one another, being present with one another. And sometimes yeah. that stuff gets boring, boring as hell, dude. <laughs> don't tell my wife. I don't, I hope she's not listening to this podcast, bro. Uh, uh, but it, because, because we're talking about cultivating an interpersonal relationship with God, we're not talking yeah. about spiritual disciplines just from like a, 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 a like, like just working out for the sake of, you know, um, like for your own personal edification or for your own personal yeah. growth. It is a dynamic interpersonal communion uh, that you have with God. And and I love what you're saying, but I'd also say for, by the same token, uh, Brother Lawrence talks about this. Brother Lawrence, the um, yeah. Christian monk who wrote Practice of the Presence yeah. of God, he talks yeah. about how when when you start practicing God's presence, it begins as a discipline. It's a difficult labor. It's challenging. But over time, it becomes so enjoyable. It becomes a delight. It becomes a pleasure. And he talks about, and I don't know if any of us are at this state yet, where like when, when he thinks about God's presence, he doesn't know what to do with himself because he feels such a radiant joy in his body. Wow. And so there, there is, yes, the blue-collar labor, the boring spiritual practices but then over time, that labor becomes a joy. And again, I think I felt that a little bit. Sorry wow. to cut you off, but I no, think I good. felt that a little bit. Yo, man, you I think you're I felt that a little a bit. Monk, if I've ever met one, Dimitri. Nah, because there was a time I remember I was at a bookstore, I was at Barnes and Nobles, and I was in the, of course, the Christian reading section or whatever. And it had been a while since I had like prayed or anything like that. And I remember being in the section and I remember having this feeling and this thought to myself was like man I really miss this mm, but what I was really wow. thinking was like man I really miss spending time with God yeah 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 that's what really that's what it really was wow you know for me um I I did an internship one summer at um kansas city international house of prayer right we just lost all of our uh listenership uh in that moment 
I'm just kidding. Well, uh, who, who, who is that? Oh, good, good, good. Uh, it, it's like okay, yeah, hyper, yeah. hyper uh, charismatic. Uh, oh, okay, uh, okay. Context. Sometimes associated as a cult. Uh, I, I spent three months there, and uh, they make you pray six hours a day. They just okay. throw you, they throw you <laughs> in the prayer room day one. Like, literally no, like, they do a lot of training eventually, but, like, day one, they're like, okay, go pray for six hours. And for three months, um, we were forced to pray. And uh, I, 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 yeah, Brother Lauren's words were true. I remember uh, uh, day one, I'm, like, pumped up, like, 18-year-old kid. Uh, 15 minutes into it, I'm, like, super bored. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, and for, yeah. like, the first few weeks, I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do this? But then over time, um, it was, like, six hours wasn't enough. I, I I was reading scripture and spending time in in God uh, beyond wow. the required six hours because it was a it was a kind of and I don't say that to like boost my ego or say I'm like super holy it, like this literally happened like I fell in love with God's presence it became a joy and a delight and a pleasure because the accountability uh, built into being forced to pray six hours a day um, it did its work on my soul. But maybe a question, if I'm listening to this, I would say, okay, that's good for you, 18-year-old uh, summer intern praying six hours a day. But I got, right. I got some babies. I got a mortgage. I got a job. Ain't nobody got time for no 5 a.m. prayer meeting. Uh, what would you say to somebody who is whose pace of life is just so fast that, uh, that this, that, what, like, this instruction of like you need to put in the work and put in the discipline of prayer um, that stresses them out. What, what would you say to basically everybody at Oikon right now? Oh my God. I mean, I, I can't speak to, you know, I'm not a parent. I don't have children or anything like that, but I'm a worker and, you know, I have yeah, you are. my own responsibilities, workers and, and, and I'm a student as well. So we all have our responsibilities, but I, but <laughs> This this might be a tough word, but I think is I think we all need this. Mm. John Mark Comer once said this. Somebody told him it's like when he was talking about spiritual disciplines and making time for prayer and da 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 and all this stuff. Mm. Somebody was like, "Man, I just I just don't have time. I just don't have time to do all this stuff." And he said, "Okay, oh, you about to hurt him with this. Okay, you about to hurt him with this, man." He said, "If you don't have time to do this." then you don't have time to follow Jesus. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, Lord. And, and like I said, I don't agree with Comer on everything, but that, when I heard, that's a word that we all need. Come we on. can always find all sorts of things to fill our time up with. We have cell phones. We have the internet. There's also, there's content every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And if you really take inventory of your time, you will come to see that a lot of the things that you busy yourself with are not things that you are forced to be busy with. They are things that you choose Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be busy with. Yeah. So, and, and like I said, it doesn't have to be that long. You could get in your car before it's time for you to head off to work and say a prayer in like five, four or five minutes. But you know what? I, I love, I love pastors like John Mark Comer who will hold the line like that 
and, oh, and yeah. call to question, oh, yeah. who are we worshiping here? Who are we following yeah. when we fill our lives with this, um, uh, when we fill our schedules and our lives with all these appointments and with all yes. these ambitions for the sake of what? Unto what end, you know? Unto right. which God are we filling our lives with all these, you know, countless hours of work or countless hours of mindless entertainment or what have you, right? It is a, right. It is a question Absolutely. of idolatry that John Mark Comer is bringing up there. It's like, I mean, it's not, he's not even asking a question. He's making a statement. He's saying, you don't have time to follow Jesus because... What and, I, say, and I hold myself to account because yeah. I struggle with my content consumption. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts, read books. <laughs> like the Oikon podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and But, you know, I'm learning that, you know, you don't need to be in on everything, man. Wow. A lot of stuff is FOMO. A lot of stuff is fear of missing out. You don't need to be up to date on every single thing, man. Yeah. Prioritize. Right. I got to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm convicting yeah. myself here on the Oikon podcast without this, a name. This Prioritize. This be intentional with your time. Oh. I'm convicting myself. Hey, man, you're convicting the pastor. Y'all don't be That's... scared, man. <laughs> Yeah, I don't be scared, man. I ain't back. scared. Hold him back. Hold him back. Hold him back. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you know, like, this is... I, I love that about you, man. I love that, uh, y- you know... Uh, gosh, I don't want to show all your cards, but for someone as... Uh, what's the right words here? What's the right words here? You know, uh for someone who's on the front lines of the activism work that you're doing, uh, for you to be so grounded in the work of spiritual formation, I think that really captures the heart of the kind of Christian that uh, we want to cultivate. And I'm not saying like you've arrived or I've arrived, you know, yeah. we're still all on this journey, but there is an intersection of spiritual formation and justice work. Um, it's, it's loving God and loving neighbor. There is an intersection right there that, uh, that we all need to uh, attend to. And so, all right, let's wrap this up. What's one good, uh, call to action or what's one good discipline that we could all commit to, um, uh, following, following this word. Mm, I think, um, I mean, for me, a thing that I always go to, my go-to a lot of time is just reading, just, a, just you know, whenever I, I carve out that time, it's just reading a little bit of scripture, reading mm-hmm. some verse or something like that, and um, just sitting with it, maybe rereading it two, three times uh, for a few minutes, and then just going mm-hmm. uh, into prayer. Mm-hmm. And um, either either praying what that scripture put on my mind, or just praying what just praying whatever comes. Um, and I think that that's just a quick, a easy practice. Again, something that I've done before is, you know, if your time is filled up, you know, pray while you're on while you're driving on your way to work. Pray. Mm-hmm before you take off for work, you know, mm-hmm. try to fit it in. I'm, I've seen people, people, this one dude, he made a post of him. He, you know, he was praying while he was brushing his teeth. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's ways to do it. There's no right or wrong way to do it. It's, it's really just doing 
the disciplines not and like you said not for the discipline's sake but just just to 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 get with god yes yeah yeah um and and my one call to action to everyone listening in would be put something on your calendar uh find 30 minutes to an hour and protect that time whether it's mm. on a daily or whether it's twice a week, three times a week, or once a week, once a month, put something on the calendar. Because if it's not on the calendar and you're just going to say, I'm going to get around to it when I get around to it, like paying a hospital bill or something, like I'm just going to get around to it when I get around to it. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. get around to it. And, it, and, and, and it, 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 it reveals the priority that it takes in your heart, in your life. But if you got an appointment with somebody that you love and somebody that you respect or an appointment with somebody that's really going to make an influence in the trajectory of your future, then you probably going to put that appointment on your calendar. Make sure that you don't, you don't uh, miss it. Make sure, you you know, you get a reminder in time to, to be on time in the same way. uh, I would, I would say put, prayer or time with God. You can get all cheesy with it, you know, time with my father, time with my, you know, you do whatever you got to do. My quiet time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On your calendar. Cause if it's on there, then it's going to remind you uh, that this is important for you. All right, man. Well, oh, man, this was another great, uh, another great conversation with you, Demetrius. Um, the best part is I'm drawing a lot of sermon illustrations from uh, these uh, podcast conversations. <laughs> so uh, make it work, man. You know, this is this is this is uh, beneficial in in many many ways. But all right, family. That's funny. Uh, it's Pastor Mike and Demetrius signing off uh, with episode zero 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 point seven five here. Advent week two reflections. Uh, we still don't have a sign off. Uh, we don't. But what should we, we what don't. Should we, we gotta come up with something. Uh, love y'all. Uh, y'all, what's what's a spiritual? What's a spiritual? Uh, uh, a little flourish. Um, <laughs> a spiritual garnish <laughs> to the meal. <laughs> uh, May you walk in in Jesus's love or yes, something, yeah. you know. The Lord something. be with you. All right. This yes. Is, this is Pastor Mike and Demetrius saying, "The Lord be with you." With and you. Also with you. All right. We'll come up with something better for for our next one. Yeah. <laughs> <That's great. laughs>